As Bill and Hillary Clinton duke it out with Barack Obama, the Republican presidential candidates were relatively calm in last night's debate. We'll ask Dr. Richard Land how the candidates are doing in the God and Country shouting match. And beyond voting, there's a lot you can do to make a difference in pro-life, pro-family public policy. We'll talk about specifics. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is Penna Dexter. I believe that I'm going to have the same fate that the New York Giants had last week. And we're going to come from behind and surprise everyone. Presidential candidate Rudy Giuliani, he's put all of his marbles in Florida, and he is really running third there. He was asked about his chances of winning Florida last night at the debate, and uh, he says he's going to surprise everyone. He's trying to sound very confident, but we will see as uh, we look ahead to Tuesday and the Republican primary in Florida. It ought to be very interesting. Well, another piece of news in the presidential field. Uh, somebody dropped out today. Dennis Kucinich, Democrat candidate, says why he's dropping out of the race. We're losing our nation to a war based on lies, to destruction of civil liberties, and to massive debt. I tried to get these themes into the debates, but I was locked out of six debates. He's out of the presidential race. He's even worried about being reelected to Congress. I think he's got like $4,000 uh, in his congressional account. Well, uh, the Democrats are in the news, though, still uh, real uh, two candidates running against one candidate, Bill and Hillary running against Barack Obama. Hillary Clinton was asked about it on CBS's The Early Show. She says her husband realizes he's gotten a little bit too passionate in support of her campaign. Said several times yesterday that uh, maybe he got a little bit carried away. So we're all going to, on both sides, um, I think, you know, try to bring this uh, debate and this campaign back to the issues. And, uh, you know, we are reading that this is a strategy and that they're going to keep doing it. We'll be watching. Hillary Clinton said that the sparring between her campaign and Barack Obama's has really gotten too much focus. When the primaries are over, they are going to unite behind whatever Democratic nominee exists. We will come out of this nominating process a united party. There is nothing more important than electing a Democratic president to undo the damage of the Bush presidency and to lead us with confidence. 
Later in the program, we are going to talk about what you can do beyond voting, beyond electing candidates to affect public policy in America. Ann Hedinger, who is Texas State Director for Concerned Women for America, will join me in studio. But first, who better to talk about these shouting matches than the man who wrote about it uh, last year? He's got a great book, and uh, it's Dr. Richard Land. Dr. Land will be in Dallas at the Criswell College coming up uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. He will be... uh, in a three-day lecture series that will take place from 10 to 11 in the morning in the chapel here at Criswell College at Gaston and Haskell. And Dr. Land, thank you so much for joining me. Well, I'm delighted to be with you, and I know they call them the Criswell Lectures, but I'm going to be preaching. Dr. Land will be preaching, and he will be in familiar territory. He spent many years here at the Criswell College, not only teaching, but also leading the school before he went to head up the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. And uh, we all just love Dr. Land here. And Dr. Land, we want to get, uh, first of all, before we talk about these candidates, sort of a preview, and I know you're going to be talking about some of the things that you said in your book, which you observe uh, that there is a, a shouting match in this country that maybe doesn't need to be taking place. And I'm sure you'll have some comments on whether or not uh, uh, these presidential candidates are following uh, the rules that you set out in the book. Well, um, I'm going to be lecturing, I'm going to be speaking and preaching on the subject of um, what has God had to do with America's past. There's a lot of information that I had in my research I couldn't cram into the book about the role that God has played in our past and then the role that God is playing and should play in our present and the role that God should play and shouldn't play in our future. And we're going to talk about the uh, religious test for office. Uh, we're going to talk about um, uh, separation of church and state, what it what it means and what it doesn't mean. We're going to talk about um, the accommodation model versus the uh, avoidance model and versus the acknowledgement model and try to help people understand what our founding fathers had in mind when they were talking about um, the role that religion should play. Um, the I, I must confess, I was a little taken aback by the ferocity of the um, exchange between Hillary and um, Obama um, at the last Democratic debate. All I can say is I hope Senator Obama has a food taster. Because if looks... Pretty scary, you know, isn't it? He would have dropped over from the daggers that were coming out of Hillary's eyes. But i got to give Senator Obama credit. He didn't back down. I mean, he gave as good as he got. And um, what I find interesting is that people like Ted Daschle, Tom Daschle and Ted Kennedy and others are now, you know, all of a sudden um, when the Clintons start kneecapping Obama and other Democrats the way they've been kneecapping reporters and kneecapping the Republicans all these years, all of a sudden they begin to see them for the thoroughly, thoroughly despicable and shameless people that they are. Well, Peggy Newton had a little bit to say about that, and uh, we're going to talk about that later in the program, Dr. Land. But I want to talk a little bit more about your book, The Divided States of America, because what you really decry in that is sort of the tone of the debate, and it certainly has been escalating in this campaign. Uh, And in, in a sense, you expect that between Republicans and Democrats. 
But you don't expect it between, for instance, Democrats and Democrats to get as nasty as it's gotten. And I just wonder, you know, uh, Hillary said in that soundbite that we played that uh, they'll get back to supporting whoever the nominee is. But you just got to wonder if that could possibly happen when you see the way Bill especially is lashing out against Barack. Well, I think I think that it's uh, causing a real racial divide in the Democratic Party. And um I think that if they keep it up, they're going to alienate a lot of African Americans who uh if Hillary is a nominee, just simply won't vote for. Her. They just won't vote. A lot of them won't vote. And uh if the De- if the Democrats don't get a substantial turnout from from African Americans and they don't vote overwhelmingly Democratic, Republic the Democrats lose elections. Now, the the Republicans do have one ace up their sleeve that the Democrats don't have, and that is that there is no Republican candidate who's running who has any hope of getting the nomination who could unite the Democrats after a nasty party primary fight the way Hillary Clinton will mm-hmm. unite Republicans. I was watching Meet the Press last week, and all of these talking heads were saying, well, who who can reunite the Republicans? The Republicans are so divided. Who can unite them? And I was sitting there talking to the television and saying, Hillary Clinton can. <laughs> Hillary Clinton can. Well, I think if uh, Barack Obama is the nominee, the Republicans will begin to point out how liberal he is, and that may unite uh, Republicans also. Well, it may, but it won't do it. It won't do it with the intensity that Hillary would. Um, you know, uh, I mean, Hillary is is. Um, pretty scary. Mm -hmm. Bill is, too. This is what Peggy Noonan writes in her piece today. She says, Bill Clinton, with his trembly, red-faced rage, makes John McCain look young. His divisive and destructive daily comportment, this is a former president of the United States, we've got to remember, is a civic embarrassment. It's also an education, and there is something heartening in this. And what she says is heartening. It's interesting, Dr. Lannon. I'd love you to comment on it, and that is that she says that thoughtful conservatives and thoughtful liberals uh, will actually be united by the actions of Bill and Hillary Clinton right now? Well, I've seen evidence of that. Um, I know people who, um, I can't tell you their names because I'd be betraying the confidence, but they're they're really liberal people. And they are just, you know, they're saying things to me like, we just cannot have four more years of these despicable people. And they're supporting Obama, and it's purely because of Bill and Hillary. I mean, they just, you know, they've had enough. I mean, you know, they said, we just can't have four more years of this. And so, um, you know, but I don't, I don't think Bill can help himself. I, I really don't. Um, I, I think that the man is such a total and complete narcissist. Uh, he lives in a Clinton-centric mm-hmm. universe, mm-hmm. and he can't help himself, and nobody can control him. Let me remind you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that my guest, Dr. Richard Land, will be here at the Criswell College next week, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. He will uh, be preaching, he says, in the chapel here at the Criswell College. And uh, you can get more information by going to www.criswell.edu. One of the questions I want to ask you, Dr. Land, is about the role of religion, because you are going to be talking about that. But in this particular campaign, of course, there's been a huge role for religion. Everybody's been talking about it. Uh, And, you know, we've had you on to talk about Mitt Romney and his Mormonism speech. Has that diffused the situation for him at all in your mind? I think it helps. Um, I think it's analogous to what happened with Kennedy and his speech. 
Um, Kennedy, when he gave his speech in Houston in 1960, he didn't convince all Protestants to consider whether or not they could vote for a Catholic, but he did cons- he did get more Protestants to consider whether or not they could vote for a Catholic. And I think that Romney did the same thing. I think those who are susceptible to reconsidering, are open to reconsidering, uh, were persuaded to at least think about it uh, in a different way by Romney's speech. I think the same thing was true of Kennedy's speech. But uh, will there be uh, significant numbers of people who will not vote for him because he is a Mormon? Yes, that is the case. Hmm, interesting. Um, also, John McCain seems to be the front runner, uh, slightly in Florida and also nationally. And uh, this is a man who really hasn't talked much about religion, uh, but there are some issues uh, that are very important to religious people. One of them is abortion, and I think related to that, of course, is judges. And Dr. Land, I just want to get your comments on that, because my mind harkens back to the fact that he really stopped us from being able to get a simple majority to approve judges, and I think people are forgetting about that. Well, some are. <clears throat> some are. Um Actually, McCain has talked about his faith in this campaign in a way that he hasn't in the past. Um, He has um, volunteered the information that he's been going to a Southern Baptist church now for years, although he is Hmm. still officially an Episcopalian, and has said that he thinks America is a Christian nation and that um, we should have a Christian as president, which, of course, has not made him very popular with with some people. Mm -hmm. and, you know, he does have a very strong pro-life voting record. Now, um, I certainly opposed his um, his efforts with the Gang of 14 um, because I felt like a filibuster should not be applied to judges. I believe that um, um, filibusters are there where you have to have 60 votes in the Senate. That's a rule of the Senate, and it's there to force compromise on judicial on uh, legislative action, on bills, not on judges. You can't compromise on a judge. You can't conf- you can't confirm three quarters of a judge. Right. And there is no it's yes or no majority for a, um, a a judge. Now, if Hillary Clinton's elected president, we might reconsider John uh, uh, McCain's wisdom. Because we may want to use the filibuster. Yeah, the Republicans have only used it once in their history. To stop Hillary Clinton from nominating Bill to the Supreme Court. Oh. And, well, you know, people say that. Listen, you think she wouldn't do that? Hmm. All right, Dr. Land, Dr. Richard Land has been with me. He will be here actually co-hosting the show Tuesday night. Also, he'll be at the Criswell College Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 10 to 11. Get more information at criswell.edu. Dr. Land, I didn't have time to ask you the question of the day. We'll have to wait till next week. Where will Thompson's supporters go now that uh, Thompson has dropped out of the race? We're going to make everybody wait for Tuesday night uh, to get your answer to that I've question. i the answer to that. I know what the polls say. All right. Well, you can tell us next week, okay. and uh, we'll talk to you then. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, next up we're going to talk more about last night's Republican debate. Also, Peggy Noonan said one more interesting thing. She says President Bush has torn the Republican Party asunder. What do you think? Stay with us. Churches all over town. Christian radio and TV. God opens the windows of heaven to you. The Pledge of Allegiance. And in your pocket on a few coins, a declaration of trust. 
One Nation Under God. We should be looking for candidates who endorse us. January 29th, Criswell College presents a lecture series to explore if it's still true. One Nation Under God. Dr. Richard Land, President of the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission, will be speaking. It is our responsibility to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. You are invited. We've got so much to talk about. January 29th, 30th, and 31st at the Criswell College in Dallas. We'll hear if America's past is on track with America's future. One Nation Under God. Listen also for extra coverage from the CRN News Team. More of the music and ministry you can trust. This month from the Criswell Radio Network. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. It's going to be her position and her postures on on a whole series of issues. And frankly, she is so out of step with the American people. Mitt Romney already running against Hillary Clinton as he spoke in the debate last night in Boca Raton, of course, looking ahead to the primary on Tuesday. Republicans and Democrats looking to Florida, of course, tomorrow in South Carolina, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and John Edwards uh, will be duking it out for votes in that state. And uh, Barack Obama's a little bit ahead. Dr. Land uh, spoke about the divide between Hillary and Barack and how it's uh, got a lot to do with race right now. Can that be healed? And uh, what will happen if Barack wins tomorrow in South Carolina? Some people say that would actually be good for Hillary. Uh, But that's a discussion for another day. In fact, we'll talk about it after the primary is over. But uh, let's go back to Hillary Clinton because, of course, she's had her husband out there on the campaign uh, trail She says uh, he realizes he's maybe gotten a little bit uh, too strong against Barack on behalf of her. Said several times yesterday that uh, maybe he got a little bit carried away. So we're all going to, on both sides, um, I think, you know, try to bring this uh, debate and this campaign back to the issues. Well, we'll see. One of the big issues, of course, is this stimulus plan and the economy. And uh, President Bush, the White House, and the Congress agreed on a plan and, uh, of course, uh, pulled the rug uh, a little bit out from under the candidates because uh, most of them are against uh, that idea of giving a quote-unquote rebate to people that didn't even pay taxes. But they have to pull back a little so they're not seen as... um, criticizing the president, and uh, that happened last night on the cam- uh, at the debate. The success over there is due to the, the blood and the courage of our servicemen and women, and to General Petraeus and to President Bush, not to General Hillary Clinton. Well, that's Mitt Romney talking uh, about the war in Iraq, not the bite that I thought was there. But uh, we are going to talk about this economic stimulus package. And if you think it's a good idea to send out checks to Americans in May, will that stimulate the economy? And uh, what about this whole idea that uh, these are going to go to people who didn't even pay taxes? Give us a call, 800-881-9270. I also want to talk about this Peggy Noonan article, because as I mentioned, uh, she took Bill and Hillary to task uh, for really the way they're behaving on the campaign trail. And uh, she said that there are many serious and thoughtful liberals and Democrats who support Barack Obama and John Edwards, who are really seeing Bill Clinton in a very new way. I mean, after all, he is a former president, uh, but um, he is acting a little bit childish, I think, as he's out on the campaign trail, almost as if his wife Hillary is entitled 
to the nomination. And uh, so he basically, or Peggy Noonan basically says that thoughtful conservatives and thoughtful liberals are taking a look at Bill Clinton and they really don't like what they see. Uh, he said uh, one of the prim- she says one of the premier liberal journals in the United States is saying that calling the Clintons uniters at last. Uh, but she says the Clintons are tearing the party apart. The Democrat Party will not be the same after this. It will not be the same after its most famous leader, says Peggy Noonan, and probable ultimate victor treated a proud and accomplished black man who was a U.S. senator as if he were nothing, a mere impediment to his plans. Uh, Do you agree with this assessment of the way uh, Bill Clinton is behaving on the campaign trail? Is he doing damage to the party by offending uh, a black man who is actually uh, really trying to stay above the fray uh, in this uh, campaign? Also, Peggy Noonan said something else that uh, has some uh, Republicans agreeing and others a little bit upset, Uh, she talks about President Bush, and she says that the party may be divided right now in trying to choose a Republican nominee, but it's not because uh, of the the nominees who are out there on the campaign trail. Uh, There is, she says, no nominee that really gets the Reagan coalition right, the social, the economic, and the defense conservatives all together. But she says that's not the nominee's fault. She says, as a matter of fact, it's President Bush's fault. She quotes Rush Limbaugh, who declared on the radio uh, this past week, he said, I'm here to tell you if either of you two guys, McCain or Huckabee, get the nomination, it's going to destroy the Republican Party and change it forever. Peggy Noonan says, this is absurd. George W. Bush actually destroyed the Republican Party which she says means he sundered it. He tore it apart. He broke its constituent pieces apart and set them against each other. He did this on spending. He did this on the size of government. He did this on uh, the ability to prosecute the war. He did this on immigration, and he did this on other issues. Uh, He says that it's President Bush that broke the elephant, and uh, nobody else can really put it back together. She really says that the Republican Party is going to change. Uh, What do you think about uh, Peggy Noonan? Is she correct? Did President Bush destroy and tear apart the Republican Party? Uh, We'll take your comments on that, too, which is uh, the number is 800-881-9270. Larry, can you go now to debate number two? The success over there is due to the the blood and the courage of our servicemen and women and to General Petraeus and to President Bush, not to General Hillary Clinton. When uh, Mitt Romney speaks about that, I think he's paying a compliment to President Bush. And in one sense, uh, President Bush stood his ground on the war in Iraq, and uh, it's now coming back to prove that he was correct, although maybe certain strategies of his took a little more time to work or didn't work. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, um, the question out there is, uh, is President Bush responsible for the fact that the Republicans can't land on a nominee right now or they're taking their time doing so? Again, the number 800-881-9270. Charles in Dallas wants to weigh in. Charles, thanks for calling. Yes, I think that Peg Noonan is 100 percent correct. And furthermore, I think whatever damage George Bush didn't do, Rush Limbaugh is picking up for it. You think so? How so? Well, I'm just, I'm just sick of, of him tearing down Huckabee and 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 uh, uh, any that he uh, 
doesn't approve of. I think he's alienating the uh, the uh, evangelicals. And, you know, he started out by making fun of his name, and then he wanted to call us all racists when we didn't uh, support uh, Romney. And then when that didn't work, now he's wanting to, to uh, bludgeon Huckabee for being uh, evangelical. And... And I'm just sick of it. Charles, uh, one more question before I let you go. Do you think Huckabee uh, still has a chance to win the nomination? I think it's getting slimmer and slimmer. Uh, I still aim to vote for him uh, just simply because uh, uh, I, I'm just going to vote my my uh, my conviction. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks but, for your uh, call. I, I think it's getting slimmer. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Charles, we appreciate your call. Let's go next to Shelly in Dallas. Hi, Shelly. What do you think? Yes, hi. My comment is about um, your question about Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. Right. Um, I I don't think race has anything to do with the way he's treating him. I don't... I don't understand. No, but do you um, think uh, that the fact that uh, Barack Obama is black and Bill Clinton is treating him so badly is going to be divisive in the Democrat Party? I don't I don't think that it will, and I don't think that's going to be the issue. I think they'll understand he's treating him badly because he's a threat to Hillary and mm-hmm. not because he's black. So you think they're going to be able to patch it all up uh, once one of them is the nominee? I think so. I think so, but I think it's a good thing for African Americans, though, because they tend to vote Democrat without even giving the Republican Party a chance. And this may be an opportunity for African Americans to see that you know they don't just have to be a Democrat; that they can be treated fairly, unfairly in either party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of African Americans are beginning to see that uh, the Democrat Party doesn't necessarily represent them on many issues. Let's go now to Don in Hearst. Don, thank you for calling. You're welcome. Well, on this business of President Bush, um, I I think he has divided the Republican Party on his stand on immigration and his association with large business in the the eminent domain law and in the bankruptcy law. And all of his mouthings of doing something about illegal immigration uh, have have gained nothing. He's done nothing about it, and it's related to his brother his brother's governorship. Okay, I've got to let you go because uh, we need to talk about something that's uh, coming up this weekend that's very important. But thank you very much, John. We appreciate your weighing in on this and all of you that did. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, Barry Cameron, pastor of uh, a great church here in the Metroplex, is going to have uh, a special on Sunday night. We'll talk about it in a moment, but let's hear from Barry. One Nation Under God. David Capellian in his excellent book, The Marketing of Evil, says, as Americans, we've come to tolerate, embrace, and even champion many things that would have horrified our parents' generation. Things like abortion on demand, virtually up to the moment of birth, judges banning the Ten Commandments from public places, a national explosion of middle school sex, thousands of homosexuals openly flouting the law and getting married, and online pornography creating late-night sex addicts in millions of middle-class homes. At the same time, our courts have scrubbed America's schoolrooms, surgically clean of every vestige of religion upon which this nation was founded, Christianity. Indeed, in 50 years, we've gone from a nation unified by traditional Judeo-Christian values to one in which those same values are increasingly scorned, rejected, and demonized. How can this be happening in America, he asks. How does child molesting become man-boy love? 
How does crushing a baby's skull and sucking out his brains become a constitutional right? How does quoting the Bible become hate speech? How exactly is evil made to appear good and good made to appear evil? How has America, which still boasts an 80% Christian population, seen fit to embrace what can only be called a culture of death rather than a culture of life? End of quote. And you have to ask yourself, how does something like that happen? I can tell you the answer to that. It happens when the church turns away and buries its head in the sand. Folks, it's time we stopped allowing people to lie to us and act like it's okay. We need to challenge that and say that is not the truth. One nation under God. We believe it. Here on 90.9 KCBI. We do believe it. And Pastor Cameron's full sermon, In God We Trust, will air Sunday night, 730 on KCBI 90.9. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Presidents don't get to do it all by themselves. It's a pretty thorough process, but it's been done uh, 27 times in 221 years. And thank goodness we've amended the Constitution to give women and African Americans the right to vote. There are two things that, uh, that I do support in terms of amending the Constitution, and it's to solidify positions that I believe are fundamental to our uh, long-term, uh, uh, really, civility in this country. One is to uh, solidify the sanctity of human life, the dignity and worth of every person, and the other is to, once again, affirm that marriage means a male and female relationship in the context of a committed relationship. Uh, I'm not talking about changing the whole Constitution, but those two areas, a human life amendment, which has been a part of the Republican platform since 1980, and the marriage amendment, which will clear up this confusion of some states wanting to have same-sex marriage and others saying, no, we won't recognize it, those two things I do support and, in fact, would lead. Welcome back to Jerry Johnson Live. I'm Penna Dexter sitting in for Dr. Johnson this afternoon. And, of course, that's Mike Huckabee. And he was asked on CNN's American Morning if he would change the Constitution to ban abortion and gay marriage. And his answer is why so many pro-family conservatives like him, uh, because he is so passionate about these issues that we care about. And when you look at, uh, when you ask our listeners and when you look at the studies of what evangelical Christians care about, the issues of abortion and marriage are usually at the top of the list. And a lot of people get frustrated when they see uh, that abortion, uh, that Roe versus Wade hasn't been overturned, that we still have uh, 45 million abortions, 1.2 million abortions per year taking place in this country, and that you see uh, marriage uh, being denigrated and possibly redefined to even mean uh, between two people of the same sex. These things get Christians upset, and of course we want to vote for the right people, which we try to do, but we also want to do a little bit more about it. And that's why I have invited our next guest into the studio. She is a great friend of mine, somebody who's been in the trenches of the pro-family movement for many years. She's Ann Hedinger, and she is Texas State Director for Concerned Women for America. And Ann, thank you for coming into the studio today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And, uh, of course, I've worked with Ann because I was a leader in Concerned Women uh, for America in the early 90s. I love that organization, and it's made a great difference uh, these past decades as uh, it was started by Beverly LaHaye uh, in the late 70s. But, uh, Ann, tell us a little bit more about CWA for people who aren't familiar. Well, we're the largest public policy group 
for women in the nation, over 500,000 members nationally. Now, we have some of those who are like-minded men, uh, as well as women who are part of that. Uh, we, uh, Our primary goal is to divide our communities into prayer chapter groups, because we believe that the uh, emphasis for changing public policy is found in prayer first. Of course, the issues have changed, but they haven't changed in a <laughs> sense. Right. And I know the story of Beverly LaHaye when she was uh, sort of a middle-aged woman listening to the people from NOW talk about uh, women and act like they represented women on issues like abortion. And it made her very upset, and she even spoke to her television saying, <laughs> you know, you don't speak for the, the women of America, and that's why she started CWA. Well, abortion and the battle over it has continued over all these years. And in a sense, even though there are still abortions taking place, uh, we seem to be seeing some progress over the years. And I think part of that has to do with the way groups like CWA have been able to kind of get the information out there. What do you think? I believe that the information is is the main cause. I believe that uh, the ultrasound, uh, being mm-hmm. able to see your children before they're born, I think that takes away the lie that says it's a glob of tissue. I believe that uh, when they see the little baby's hands and nose and, and uh, forehead and can even in some, with this latest uh, tech technique. Like 4D ultrasound. It's oh, just amazing. You can even tell who the baby looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I believe that's been one of our main uh, helps in uh, getting the issue of abortion out that uh, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be. And I, I think some of the other groups that have shown uh, alternatives to abortion, like adoption, and uh, and some of the helps that have been given to mothers who thought that they couldn't take care of a new baby, but other crisis pregnancy centers have come along and said, this is how we'll help you. I think all of those things have, have joined hands to cause the a number of abortions to go down. But depending when you consider that over 3,000 abortions are done every single day, today, yesterday, tomorrow, Uh, It's still far too high. The number is still far too high. Well, way too high. There shouldn't be any abortions, and the numbers are huge. And, of course, we celebrate these small drops in the numbers of abortion, but uh, we need to actually get Roe versus Wade overturned and even, as Mike Huckabee said, get an amendment to the Constitution. But it's very interesting. I learned something this week about, uh, of course, the largest abortion provider in the nation, Planned Mm -hmm. Parenthood. Uh, They are actually now raising money to help elect politicians officially uh, who will pass laws that will make it easier for them to do what they do, which is to perform abortions and kill babies. So in a sense, here we have Planned Parenthood, uh, who gets taxpayer money, That's right. now out there raising money also to try to officially support pro-abortion candidates. I mean, they're not even under the table about it anymore. Right, they're not. But what would happen to us if we came out like that? Um, uh, Planned Parenthood has uh, has been very blatant in their um, uh, push. They really have. They really have. And they really don't care because I think they feel like they have a majority of the of the voters on their side. And I, I think that as much as we can help educate people to what they're doing, how they're doing it, what kind of money they're making off of it. They're actually profiting off of off of uh, the abortions. They're part of their budget is that. I mean, they're they're profiting off of this. Okay, and we're in a presidential race, and I want to go back to the debate last night among the Republican candidates, just to hear from uh, right now the front runner, John McCain. I'm making my case 
that I can make America safe and safer, I can restore trust and confidence, and that I can make the needed changes to have the fundamentals of our economy, which are still strong, bring us through this difficult times. Okay, John McCain has supported pro-life legislation. We kind of wonder uh, whether the judges that he would select and support, push through the process, would be the kind that would uh, overturn Roe versus Wade or rule in, in such a way that would be pro-life. We wonder a little bit about John McCain. But, I, but the point I want to make about this is it's sort of been the conventional wisdom that to be a Republican candidate, you needed to be pro-life. Uh, some people have kind of gone away from that a little bit in thinking that they might support Rudy Giuliani because he could quote unquote win. Uh, and that conventional wisdom uh, is being uh, challenged in a sense and turned on its head. But how important do you think it is to have a pro life presidential candidate and a pro life president? Pena, ha- I'm not a one issue person, but I'm a basic issue person. Mm-hmm. If a president doesn't have value human life, then how can he value, uh, make value judgments on all of the other things? Sending young men to war, that's a, that's a valuing life uh, type of issue. How, uh, how about the, the economy? Isn't that valuing life? Uh, I talked to a young man today who thought that the price of, of housing had to do with whether or not people had abortions, whether or not they could afford. I don't know that I would go to that extreme. Wow. But, it does, but it does underlie the, the choices that they make in so many areas that while the abortion issue is a very strong issue, the issue of life is uh, is. Uh, Uh, a foundation for all of their other decisions. Of course, we've talked on this program about some of the concrete things a president can do uh, on the life issue. It's also at the state level, when you look at who your governor is, when you look at who your state representatives are, your Mm -hmm. state senators, uh, even uh, those who control what's taught in the schools, they can all have sort Mm -hmm. of an impact on not only abortion, but the moral uh, the moral issues, sort of the biblical value type issues, can mm. be affected by who we elect. But beyond elections, we citizens can have an effect on these policies. And there yes, are many we ways we can do so. That's what you're about, and that's what that's CWA right. is about, not only that's on right. the national level, but also on the state level. And I don't think a lot of people really understand that they can, with a very small time investment, right. be part of these uh, changes in public policy. So just give me, kind of uh, expand on that a little bit. <laughs> well, 2008 scares me because we have so much to lose. And if, if citizens don't pay attention to what's going on and what the candidates are saying and what the issues are that are, are out there that are being discussed, uh, we've, we've got to have a literate citizen mm-hmm. uh, citizenry here. Uh, because these, this is the year you make your choices, and you're going to live with the choices that are made this year, and that's that's very very scary. We in Concerned Women for America try on a daily basis to have uh, uh, have issues out there in front of the people that we are in contact with. We have uh, email alerts going all the time. We have from both the national office and from the state office. We have uh, things going out all the time that tell people about the issues and ask them to make a difference. They they are to contact the leaders of the public policy issues. Sometimes, you know, most of the time it's in government, but many of the times it's also in business because public policy people are in businesses mm-hmm. too, and they're making choices about what they advertise, how they advertise it, 
um, what their uh, what their commodities are. So we're we're asking people to get involved on a daily basis with these things. We help you to learn the issues. We educate you about the issues. We help you to see them from a biblical perspective, and uh, we ask you to, to make a, a difference in it. Ann Hedinger is with me. She is state director for Concerned Women for America of Texas, and uh, we are really talking to you about a way that you can be involved in affecting public policy. Uh, back when I joined CWA, we called it lobbying from your kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And of course, now with email, it's even easier. Mm-hmm. And uh, just so many ways in which people can be informed and with a very small amount of time, help their elected officials understand what we want, what we need. And uh, CWA and some other pro-family organizations are coming together, coming up in a, a few weeks to have a seminar to teach you how to do just this, how to be an activist. And Anne is going to tell us about it. Uh, But this uh, event is really a seminar that will be taking place Friday, February 15th, Saturday, February 16th. And uh, to get more information, uh, you might want to write this number down. It is 254-947-5111. We're going to explain more details about this event right after this. Churches all over town. Christian Radio and TV. God opens the windows of heaven to you. The Pledge of Allegiance. And in your pocket on a few coins, a declaration of trust. One nation under God. We should be looking for candidates who endorse us. January 29th, Criswell College presents a lecture series to explore if it's still true. One nation under God. Dr. Richard Land, president of the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission, will be speaking. It is our responsibility to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. You are invited. We've got so much to talk about. January 29th, 30th, and 31st at the Criswell College in Dallas. We'll here if America's past is on track with America's future. One nation under God. Listen also for extra coverage from the CRN News Team. More of the music and ministry you can trust. This month from the Criswell Radio Network. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Welcome back to Jerry Johnson Live. Ann Hedinger is with me. She is State Director of Concerned Women for America. And before we get back to talking about the seminar coming up, uh, Barack Obama was interviewed by Christianity Today, and uh, there was one question about abortion. You know, he was claiming to be a Christian and talking about his faith. Uh, But the question was, for many evangelicals, abortion is a key, if not the key factor in their vote. And he said, what role, he was asked, what role do you think the president should play in creating national abortion policies? Uh, Obama went on to say, I don't know anybody who is pro-abortion. He said, uh, our goal should be to make abortion less common. Uh, But he said, ultimately, women are in the best position to make a decision at the end of the day about these issues. And uh, he says, I think we can legitimately say that the state can legitimately say that we are prohibiting late-term abortions as long as there's an exception for the mother's health. Well, we are now. The partial birth abortion Mm -hmm. ban has been upheld. Uh, But he can't make a clear position, even claiming to be a Christian, about abortion. And I think we need to clarify some of these issues for people and help them understand, Anne, how they can make a difference, uh, even after someone's elected in the form of lobbying, in the form of... Um, informing others about these things, drawing people together. And that's what you are about with this particular seminar that's, that's coming right. up. So tell us all the details and uh, how people can find out more and how they can sign up. 
Well, Pena, there's not a more exciting group of leaders in, in all of the nation, I think, than what we have here in Texas. We have eight leaders coming to help uh, instruct let me just give you a rundown. Rick Scarborough from Vision America, he was a pastor in, at First Baptist in Perilyn, and he changed the course of that community when he chose to get involved mm-hmm. in what was happening in his daughter's school. Then he wrote the book, Enough is Enough, A Call to Christian Involvement. And his mission now is to inform and mobilize pastors in their congregation to become salt and light. Then another one, Marilyn Gerstenslager is from Texas Eagle Forum. She's been working in the Capitol for the last 12 years uh, on, on board with legislation seeing that bills reflect our traditional values. She's been an awesome force there. She was an American Airlines flight attendant who was promoted very early to the third level of management. Then she became a stay-at-home mom. When her children's local school board asked her to be on their long-range planning committee and she learned what was going on, she began to engage in battle. And she's been there ever since. Dr. Joe Poyman is the executive director for Texas Alliance for Life for the last 13 years. Um, uh, Capital Inside has named him one of the ten top lobbyists in Texas for our causes. Stacy Emick is the legislative liaison for Texas Right to Life. She's a full-time registered lobbyist, and she lives in Austin when the House and, and the Senate are in session. She writes legislation. Uh, she uh, helps to train witnesses for testifying at the legislative hearing, and uh, this will be. And some of our other uh, frequent guests here on this program are going to be with you. I know That's that right. Kylene Wright with yes. Texans for Life, who's on the program often, telling us about issues relating to abortion. Also, Kelly mm-hmm. Shackelford from mm-hmm. Free Market Foundation, and Terry Leo from the State Board of Education. What do you want to accomplish, and why should people come? We want to make sure that people understand an intelligent way to go about impacting the issues. There are some ways that you can go about it that are nonproductive, and there are some other ways to go about it that are very productive. How you prepare testimony. How, when, when are you there in the Capitol to go and lobby uh, with the legislators? When is it appropriate to do that? Um, what is the relationship between the laws that are passed in our Texas a legislature and the U.S. Cons- uh, U.S. Supreme Court. How do you hmm. how do you know that? Kelly will co- co- cover those things. What about the election process? You know, Texas Eagle Forum has had some wonderful resolutions that have been taken, and they've become part of the, our party platform. Okay, now Republican this is something party. that is timely, and because mm-hmm. our primaries are coming up That's in right. um, in March, and a lot of people don't know, but and we'll talk about this later, um, another day on the program. You can go after the primary to your precinct convention, and you can put forward resolutions on all kinds of issues, and That's Eagle right. Forum will tell you how to do that, won't they? That's right, and, and many other organizations, I'm saying uh, that they do it as well as other organizations, help people understand how to write a resolution, how to get it into the pl- party platform. It goes through many stages there, and uh, they'll help you learn so, how to Anne, do So, Anne, what you're doing at this, um, at this seminar, which comes up uh, Friday, February 15th, is to help people to be involved in public policy and influencing it from, you know, they, they can get involved a little bit and give a little bit of time. Right. Or, you know, if they really want to jump in with both feet and go to Austin during the legislative session mm-hmm. and help lobby, they can learn how to do that. So it's like it's from someone who who's a mom and real busy or a working, a full-time working uh, 
father or whatever right. to someone who's got a whole lot of time and really wants to make a difference. That's right. And I think once they understand uh, how easy it is to change public policy for the good, I think they'll want to spend even more time than they think they have right now. But but for whatever time they have, we want them to make an intelligent use of it. And to learn how to do that, we've got this wonderful lineup of uh, well, instructors. Well, it is a wonderful lineup, Anne. And how can people find out more? Because, you know, they might have questions in deciding whether or not to go about the location, et cetera, et cetera. So how can they find out more? Because I think I gave the wrong number a moment ago. Okay. Well, the easiest way for them to do it, of course, is just to go online, www.cwfa.org. Like Concerned, Concerned Women, Women for, for America. America. Okay. Right. Dot org. And on the left-hand side, you'll see a, a thing called un- up upcoming events, and you can click on Citizen Activist Training Seminar. Uh, you can also email me. Here you can. Here's the way you do that. www.director at texas.cwfa.org Director at texas.cwfa.org or give you a call, right? That's right. You can give me a call at our uh, telephone here, 972 uh, 722- Two seven seven six. Okay, so this is the CATS seminar, Citizen Action, C- Citizen Activist, Activist Training Seminar. Training Seminar. So if you mm-hmm. want to uh, get involved in this seminar, uh, and it's coming up February 15th and 16th, and you really need to start thinking about it now, make reservations, right. and uh, it'll be a great time to get together with other Christians who are really concerned about the culture. And, you know, as we said, Anne, uh, the bottom line uh, for a lot of us is the abortion issue and protecting right. the sanctity of human life. And uh, here on this program, of course, we talk about it often, and we made it an emphasis this week because it is Sanctity of Life right. Week. And, you know, the Bible does speak to it uh, in many ways, and I think that's why so many Christians uh, care about this. In uh, the book of Jeremiah, in chapter 1, uh, in verse 4, it says, A word of the Lord came to me, this is Jeremiah saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I, sec- I sanctified you. And, of course, then uh, talks about how he ordained uh, Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations. But uh, as we look at verses like this, this gives us uh, sort of the strength and the understanding that we need to move out and to work uh, to protect human life. And for for many of us, this is actually part of what God has really called us to do. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are interested in doing something and in sort of fulfilling uh, a calling that God might have placed on your life to work in these public policy areas, I encourage you to come to this CATS seminar. And again, to find out more information, you can give Ann Hedinger a call at 972-722-2776. On Monday, David Barton will join us, and I hope you'll join us. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.